Welcome to the story of. Recently, it came to my attention that through friendships and through connections from friendships and through Susie, I happen to know a lot of interesting professional people who work in all different fields. And I thought I should start talking to professionals, see how they work, see what they know. And people for years have always been like, hey, you should talk to a professional. So with this new story season of the story of, I'm going to do just that. And I have an incredible season lined up. I don't want to jinx it and say Casty Award, but I'm thinking it. And you're going to be thinking it because I have military generals, professional comedians, professional writers, sports professionals, actors. And I actually know someone who builds fighting robots. And I know a person who is kind of a modern age ninja in a lot of ways. But today we are starting with, starting strong out of the gate with a dear family friend, Tyson Burnt. And Tyson, do you have a, do you have a title or anything? Yeah, Tyson Burnt. Okay, Tyson Burnt. I'm a I'm an officially a geologist too. And I'm not going to mention what company I'm at, depending on how this podcast goes. <laughs> oh, geologist too? Yeah, not like T O O, but like number one, number two. It's this in-house ranking they have that doesn't mean a lot because you find out that people that maybe haven't been there as long as you get paid more, but you know. It looks good on a business card. Oh man, I I was confused because none of my transition music is gonna make any sense because on your LinkedIn you have geologist geologist too, and then you have in brackets rock star. <laughs> so I thought you were a rock star. <clears throat> it's a little rock. Can we cut can we cut the shitty rock jokes like now? <laughs> no, we can't. There will be no show. So <laughs> we kind of talked about I lost my sponsor, my random question generator sponsor. Oh, you did. So we don't, but I have to, I'm contractually obligated to do a few per episode. Um, I don't, I personally don't believe that you ever had a sponsor and that you just made it up. Was that a real sponsor? No, that's my lawyers. (laughs) No, they're not real. I was just using it for that season, but I, because I thought it'd be funny that if you had, we, we use like pop culture subjects and then we never get to the pop culture subject because we just have to do random questions because of this. <laughs> but I, I actually opened it up just out of habit. And I, I did hear a really good question for you specifically. Oh, all right. Hit me. Do you want to start on it? It might take us down a road. No, no, it's fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. It's an hour, an hour later. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, random question generator. Right. Uh, does the modern age make global conspiracies more or less feasible? Well, I mean, when's your cutoff for being able to have a global conspiracy, right? Like, I'll just set that up quickly, and this will <laughs> this will feed into how my mind thinks because okay, of okay, deep time. But like, global conspiracies. When were those even possible? Not until like people started traveling globally, right? Yeah, well, I guess I guess the printed um, when papers got spread. I mean, you have local conspiracies, but I guess like. You know, the yellow papers and stuff kind of, what was his name? Made all the, they made papers just to like trash other people. Yellow journalism. They built oh. the, that movie, Ro- uh, <laughs> that movie, the Rosebud. Who's that movie? I don't know what you're talking about. It's based oh. on the tycoon. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. With the wagon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane was based off the guy who made yellow journalism. That's right. Um, Okay. Your question was. <laughs> you set this up. Yeah, I was answering. You questioned me, and I answered with the so question. Modern society make it easier to spread mis- 
Okay, okay. Oh, the original question. Does the modern age make global conspiracies more or less feasible? I think it's saying... Okay, go. you tell me your answer and I'll tell you what I think it's asking. So, yeah, it's asking if the feasibility of the thought of global conspiracy, because there's so much intertwinedness, is it easier to say something's a conspiracy versus something's not a conspiracy? Maybe. I, I, was t- I took it kind of as can people create a global conspiracy? Like they're releasing all those UFO documents. Could that all be all the governments working together to trick us all or to whatever, you know? Yeah. Don't you remember the merman recorded on the flip phone? Like, like 10 years ago? No. (laughs) Yeah. It was like the worst CGI ever, but like people, people believed that like we were catching mermen and nets and they were dying on like American shores. So like, I don't know if like, conspiracies are easier to to spread or if people are just dumber you know i'm starting to think people have always been this dumb (laughs) they're just not given a fair shake with an education that's what it is well yeah that could be it yeah you vote for people who want to get rid of education it's like where does it yeah it's like chicken or the egg which the answer to the chicken or the egg is Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think, I'm, but do you think people, I guess take it away from all that. Do you think people would try to push a conspiracy? On? I mean, they tried with, uh, they tried a lot of conspiracy pushing with uh, COVID and stuff. Oh, it's, I mean, it's like part of like everyday culture now. Like if you don't believe something that's like, based in sound science or fact, you can just say it's a conspiracy and then, you know, go on your merry way and spread COVID to all your family members and kill them. But I wonder, like, it's kind of like, that's kind of conspiracy theories that we push out on social media and we like, cause that wouldn't, how would that help the government if we didn't believe in, it wouldn't help any governments if we didn't believe in COVID. Um, so you're specifying government-centric conspiracy theories that keep oh, all of us us people in check? Yeah, because I mean, like the QAnon conspiracy that was like from from one guy. So I mean, I guess you, I guess it is feasible to create a worldwide conspiracy now. More feasible. Yeah, he was pretty successful. <laughs> well, and this is off subject, but yeah, the QAnon. Did you watch that documentary? The QAnon documentary we talk about all the time on this show. But uh, I've seen enough clips. Okay. I have a good understanding of it, but I, I can't, I can't sit through stuff like that. But well, basically like QAnon was all but dead, but then the pandemic hit and people were at home drinking more bored, looking at the computer and QAnon like shot up to their crazy ranks. But that's, it, they were almost dead. They were almost, it was almost totally gone. And then if there hadn't been a pandemic, it wouldn't have been a big, there wouldn't have been insurrection if there hadn't been a pandemic. Yeah. So, so why do people have time to focus on that stuff? Right. It's because they weren't taught geology as a kid. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Are a lot of people taught geology as a kid? No, hardly <laughs> anyone is. It's one of these like sciences where like you live on a planet and you're surrounded by geology, but it's more important to learn about the fidget craze that's going on right now. Or, um, QAnon, uh, people are uh, averse to wanting to understand the natural world around them um, because it's 
because it's hot out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's interesting that you went there first because uh, I was thinking about geology and stuff because of our show. And I was reading about, you know, the Big Bang and how, you know, every element that was in the Big Bang, everything ever created, shot out across the universe. So, like, I don't know if you need, I know that's a different, that's like geo uh, or space, geospace or something, but. It's just like, yeah, planetary geology, astrophysics. But like all that, all that stuff, all that space and where, how it, when it formed and when, you know, different elements became different elements. And then when they formed planets and stuff, that's like the, that's like the start of everything for geology and everything. But <laughs> Start of everything. Yeah. For the current part of the uh, universe that we live in. I just don't think like chemical engineers are, have to focus as much on the big bang and how stuff. I was just wondering if geologists did. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously not on a day-to-day uh, <laughs> time frame, but Do you that's a, that is a main focus of like our studies uh, in college. You have a whole class that's devoted to like historical geology. Um, so, you know, you go through how old's the solar system, how old's the earth. You know, like you said, uh, you know, Big Bang Theory coalescing of all of these elements into, uh, you know, these tangible things that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. Now it's pretty, it's mind bending and the, the time frames involved with it don't uh, like, they don't make sense to us. Cause we don't think we don't interact. We don't interact on a timeline like that. So like, that's why a lot of people just don't care. I mean, you know, you have your own interests, but um <laughs> If you can't relate to it, it makes it even more difficult. Yeah. Like your podcasts. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I have a bunch, I, I have a bunch of questions for you, but do we just want to hit me? Why don't you tell us about what you do. Tell us about what you're doing now. So I currently work for an energy company um, and we extract natural gas from the Northeast and we provide, you know, that form of hydrocarbon energy to uh, a large portion of the United States. And I've been doing that for for a little over five years now. And then before that I was uh, teaching at university of Kansas just as TA. And then I've had a couple of interesting internships where I uh, got to hike around the volcanoes in uh, Washington, study those. And then uh, I had a, science project many, many years ago where I actually got paid to look at glacial features on Mars. So, uh, all of that weird, um, internship, uh, those weird internships (laughs) got me a good paying job in the energy industry. That's where I'm at today. And didn't you also look at the evolution of Precambrian rocks in Yellowstone national park and surrounding areas? Oh yeah. Did you, did I put that on LinkedIn? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I got to hike around northern Yellowstone for a summer uh, and we were trying to figure out the age of uh, a lot of uh, these granitic rocks that outcrop all along the northern part of the park. So it sounds like your internships and like your education wasn't based at all on energy. Do all geologists or do a majority of geologists end up at an energy company? Um, I would say that's like the normal, normal, well, 
no, it's not the normal track. I would say if you're on the radar of those companies and have an opportunity to intern with them, like they hold a pretty good carrot uh, out in front of you to take a job with them. Um, but uh, the last year in the industry has been brutal. Um, COVID obviously um, completely changing how people interact with their cars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tanked, uh, tanked the oil, uh, oil prices. And then, uh, the, I mean, the company I'm at, we lost, they laid off a thousand people in this last year. Oh shit. Which was, uh, almost half, I think of what, of what we, where we were at, like right before COVID. So, uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough to still be around. Yeah. Did they just get rid of all the geologist ones? That's not how it works, Max. They get rid of the most expensive ones. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm glad you're not a geologist three. As a geologist two, you just kind of like, you know, you're just in the middle hiding. And I grew my hair out during COVID. So, like, no one recognized me. So, that's why I think I was able to retain my job. That's that's smart because actually one, one time we had a layoff at work and the person who worked with me, she just wasn't there that day. So she didn't get laid off and then she worked there for like, she worked there for like, you know, six more months. And then she left when she wanted to. Well, were they just going around room to room and they were like, I guess oh, so. yeah, you're gone. I don't know. I don't know. But I, it, I've never talked about it, but yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but you didn't go in. You're not like, I want to get a big high paying energy job. You went in cause you love geology, right? I'll, I'll keep this as brief as possible, but I, I used to be a carpenter. I saw that the there was a well. I was guessing that there was a crash coming, and that was back in like 2008. And like, also, I was uh, ready for a change, so I talked to my wife into moving uh, across the country to Montana to finish my geology degree. And then the housing market crashed that first semester, so I probably wouldn't have been working much as a carpenter anyway. Uh, and then, funny enough, uh, yeah, I decided to get into a more volatile industry. Uh, which ended up being oil and gas. Um, but yeah, the reason I got into geology is because uh, my folks would take us up to Montana every year. We'd go to Yellowstone and whatnot. And then you get to an age where you're like, people are asking you questions about like Yellowstone and you can't explain it. And you're like, oh, I should figure this out. And then I just kept collecting rocks, reading books. And uh, yeah, just, it, it was really kind of a, crazy idea to just go do it but it, it's worked out so far you know you see all these shows about yellowstone stuff and like oh it could blow up at any time <laughs> is that true and would the dust cloud cover the middle of the country for years well <clears throat> so the last time it erupted it did cover most like the ashfall covered most of the country there's ash deposits uh, in nebraska um oh, yeah they're very definitive that could be cigarettes though <laughs> cigarettes yeah asbestos it's not for everybody yeah that's a nebraska that's an added joke <laughs> that should be on the nebraska license plate it's not for everybody that's their that's their slogan for travel what that's their slogan this year for um uh you know tourism are you serious yes and the commercial is them paddling in big giant like tubs for feeding cows and they're like oh yeah, tanking, man. Yeah. It's not for everybody. It's not for everyone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Actually, we're, we were trying to go tanking this year, but uh, 
we decided to go to the Ozarks instead. So next year we can and have got a pod- we can have a podcast about tanking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like Yellowstone, uh, everybody's you know it's always fun to talk about it blowing up because you know all the preppers in the United States want to be able to use their stuff like their yeah, bunker. Sure. So they're like, man, I hope that some bitch blows. <laughs> I've put a lot of money into this, but uh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen on their prepper time scale. That's probably why they decided to invade the Capitol to try and get some other reason to use yeah. their shelter. Anyways, uh, we took a whole like four or five day trip through Yellowstone to study this, this actual phenomenon of a potential explosion. And uh, there's going to be a lot of signs prior to uh, it just blowing up. Okay. And you're going to be looking at, uh, so the biggest danger is actually called a Frio magmatic uh, explosion. And that's basically just like a steam explosion. So like, you know what old faithful is, right? Yeah. It's where all the, yeah, it's where, (laughs) That's where all the slack jaws go to try and, you know, pee in it. Like, do you hear about the two <laughs> tourists that tried to pee in it a few years no. ago? No. Yeah, there's a webcam. They caught them there and they can no longer go to the park. Anyways, you're going to have a reaction like Old Faithful, but on like a much bigger scale. And there's evidence of that happening, I think, in the last thousand or two thousand years. Um, but that's that's more of a danger to everybody right now. But then like. You'll see increased activity like that. You'll probably have area like, so that whole place moves up and down too. Like there's a giant hotspot underneath it. And when that subsurface, you know, magma chamber moves, it actually moves the surface of the, of the park. So they monitor that year to year. So they know when stuff's going to happen. Okay. That, I feel a little bit. Of, so it's like you'd have like contractions before the baby comes. Yes. And like, again, on a human time scale, like what it happened in our life, very, very, very slim chance. And I think, I think like the next mega eruption could happen anytime between now and like, is it a hundred thousand? It's like now or a hundred thousand years from now. Yeah. I can't remember. So, but, so get would, some popcorn. That, but would that in the big scheme of things that I worry about, I worry about humans ever getting off the planet because we're obviously <laughs> going to kill the planet before we get yes. off of it. Yes, I, we are. So if we, I just, I want that chance. Though. I want the chance for us to start traveling, you know, beyond the stars. So that's something like that would put us back a lot. Like COVID put us back a lot. <laughs> everything puts space travel back a lot. Everything that happened, everything dumb that we do to ourselves or whatever, or like a natural disaster or something. Just put space travel back. I'm I'm glad that you're worried about uh, about space travel because um, there's definitely people we should ship off of the planet. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, they're some shipping themselves off. I don't necessarily think it's an advantage uh, for us to leave this 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 di- you know <laughs> leave this place dying for the rest of the people here. It'd be better to no no the- I mean. Yeah, I mean it all human. I mean humanity, and I don't want humanity to disappear. Because then you know it's like, what's the point? Well, well, Max, let's break that down. You don't want humanity to disappear. Guess what we're gonna do? Disappear. Dis a fucking peer. I know. And it, it's on a time scale that 
we can't fathom or might necessarily care about. Well, I know that's like, I'm trying to keep this, this grounded in deep time again, because we were, we worry about so much stuff. Like I was driving home, I was gone for the weekend and you know what I was worried about? My pepper plants drying out. Yeah. Right. You can get those bulbs. Let me solve that problem. You can get these bulbs that you fill with water and you put it in there. (laughs) You don't have to worry about it anymore. Damn it. You're right. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying like existentially, I would like it if we survived a little longer to evolve a little more, to learn a little more, to get, I mean, I'm talking, I'm not talking about my lifetime or Jack's or whatever. I'm talking about humans and like maybe a few other animals can go, like dogs can go with us because we're going to kill a lot of the animals on the planet, you know, by the time we, I'm just saying, I think we'll, we we have the potential to eventually be good. Right. What was the Star Trek where they 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 needed the whales? Uh, the, I don't we know. Need, <laughs> we need to get Adam Bennett on here. He would know. Uh, <laughs> but like it was sometime in the future, and there was like some weird obelisk from from outer space or something. Yeah, like some weird geologic phenomenon, but it only spoke whale. So they had to go back in time because, of course, all the whales are dead in the future because they they ate all yeah. of our. Plastic bottles. You, okay, well, I'll I'll figure out which one that was. It's like it doesn't matter which one it is, but I know I've I know that movie well. I think it's like <laughs> no, it's the I know it's not the first one. No, it's like five, four. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. I would say whales. I can't believe we don't know that one. But anyways, we talked. We said we we're gonna, our subjects were going to be deep time, and then geologists in film. <laughs> it, it was only one film because it's what I'm really upset about still, but. You keep asking questions. We'll see if it naturally goes. There. Okay. Well, I have a bunch of things that tied to So we were just talking about whales in the ocean. So I just read an article about, I was looking up something I found on my body and I happened to fo- fall into an article about polymetallic no- nodules. Oh, manganese nodules. Yeah. In the ocean. Yeah. So like, the, so, so just according to this article, but, uh, it's like rare metals or ore and metals collect on things like shark teeth or things like that deep in the ocean. And they're just like super rich in uh, cobalt and nickel and tellurium. Tellurium? Tellurium? Sure. I don't know how to say it. But just like rare, it's like they're concentrated rare earth metals that they think. Yeah, they think they're there for the picking. Okay, but isn't that fucked up? Well, I mean, why is that? Because like, why, why do you consider that fucked up? Well, because I think like they're gonna mess up deep sea. We don't even know what's in there down there. We we barely have seen it, and then we're just gonna start. We found out this crazy way to get rip stuff out of it. What if they're like you know, like one of them said they have like rare octopus eggs that only lay on the, you know, we're just not ready yet. We're not. Well, ready we're gonna now. eat them then, because because then because like that's what's more important. We got to eat those weird octopus eggs. Well, can't they just put down a fake nodule so that when they take out the old one, so that <laughs> octopus can lay their eggs there? Can't oh, they cook a fake coral reef? Like in Indiana Jones, when he like switches out. Yes. The, yeah, with the bag. Yeah, they. Indiana no, they're not. Gonna do that. They're just gonna take, take, take. Um, now, see the, the interesting thing about these nodules is they're. So they naturally coalesce through time. It's like a concretion. So it's just like uh, particulates like are forming, you know, coming out of the water column and then forming. So they're forming at a certain pressure and a certain depth. 
Yeah, they obviously haven't studied them enough to figure out if like they're actually tied to like some type of um, like uh, food, like chain or biotic cycle or whatnot. So we usually don't find out about that stuff until after we've extracted it all. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's so that's my other that goes into my other question is uh, I know Indiana Jones wasn't the uh, geologist in film you wanted to talk about, right? Well, no, he was more of a, see, a paleontologist and archaeologist. Oh, okay. Archaeologist, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I really haven't seen that movie all the way through. But anyways. What? Yeah. I, I watched, I mean, I've seen some of them. I wasn't mm-hmm. into Indiana Jones. I didn't know it existed until I was older. And if you watch it when you're older, it's not as good as you remember it being. Yes, that's true. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, like, well, the, the the last one was one of the worst movies ever made. See, I went to a bunch with a bunch of friends to that one. And I was like, I thought they were going to like it because I had, didn't really. I was like, oh, that was kind of fun. And they're all like, that was the worst shit. I was like, you got in a refrigerator. I was like, well, he also ripped a guy's heart out in another, you know, or a guy got his heart ripped out in another one. Totally plausible. Totally plausible. <laughs> it is more plausible than a surviving. A... He should have come out more. He should have, if at the refrigerator scene, he should have spilled out of the refrigerator with all his bones broken and stuff. And then the rest of the movie was just his recovery. Right, because like, that's what would happen if you... We're sitting in a refrigerator when an atomic bomb went off. <laughs> and what's that, what's that refrigerator made out of? Whatever whatever they're trying to get from those nodules? Like, did they already get the awesome metal from the nodules and make the refrigerator out of it? Yeah, it was um, unbangtanium. <laughs> oh, man. Avatar's got some great geology in it. Ugh. Yeah, how do the rocks float in Avatar? I can't answer that right now. <laughs> I'm going to need a couple more beers. <laughs> that brings us to our first viewer question, um, which was Haley Kreitzer had a question for you. Oh, yeah. I believe she was uh, on one of your podcasts from last season. Yes, she yeah, is. She's, uh, Chemical she's got a sailor mouth. She does have a sailor mouth. <laughs> and she does not care. Who knows? <laughs> We, Haley and I recorded an entire other podcast that was three hours long that I never released. <laughs> oh, man. But it was, it's, I, I haven't even listened to it. I'm sure at the end of it, we were both just like, I'm exhausted. It could be a bonus episode. Um, so her question is What geological formation are we going to lose in our lifetime that you're most sad about? <laughs> uh, we just lost that arc, arch, arc, the uh, Darwin arc. Arch, darn arch on the Galapagos Islands. We did? They shot for a bunch of movies. Yeah, it just collapsed in the middle. Oh. I just remember, right. like, you know, seeing it. And- that is sad. Oh, man. There's so many to choose from. There's many types of geologic formations, whatnot. But um, the Yellowstone River Valley, actually, like, that's a more recent geomorphologic type of feature. You know, it's just a river valley. But uh, there are. That's all, that's at risk of like um, being destroyed actually from uh, my industry. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, they tried to uh, get some leases on that, and this is up in Montana. I'm talking about many years ago. Uh, I think they lost, but they'll just keep trying. So yeah, yeah, I would say like any any part of the extended Yellowstone area is probably at greatest risk. And there's some amazing. Uh, I mean, that's like probably the geologic mecca for the United States. Okay, I have another question. Um, this is going to take you down a uh, a path, which we've kind of we touched on in the beginning. But Susie's question was: She said, "I know that 
geology was used to argue with some science or with some religious guy about religion. And Bill Nye talked about it. <laughs> That's her question. <laughs> I was like, I was like, can you, do you have a geological question? And that was, um, I vaguely remember what she's talking about. And I, I can't remember if they were arguing about the age of the earth. Yes. Or, and dinosaurs too. And stuff. And uh, the ark. It must've been. Yeah. Like it was, a was it the, there's this, uh, this guy built like the Ark Museum. I, I, I yes. want to say it was That's that him. guy. It is him. Yeah, and they sell like they sell like uh, toy dinosaurs with like people riding them with like saddles. Well, okay, that's Dino Riders, and I'm pro Dino <laughs> Riders because I love that. This ties in perfectly to uh, an issue that is ongoing today. So, like, even when I was in college, uh, and I, I went to school late, so I'm 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 old and washed up already. But um, <laughs> I, one of my t- professors said he would maybe on a weekly bi-weekly basis, there would be protesters outside of his building uh, saying that he wasn't teaching the correct age of the earth. So biblically, like they say, the earth is 6,000 years old. Right. All right. I think that's like James Usher, a couple hundred, you know, I can't remember when he was around a couple hundred years ago, some, you know, some guy who took the, took the old Testament yeah, uh, did, did his own calculations and was like, uh, yeah, we've been around for about 6,000 years. And like, okay. And like people that come from like Bill Nye's corner are like, well, have you like looked outside recently? Like, do you know how long it takes for like just the sand to wash up on a beach or like mud to accumulate <laughs> in a lake? Um, you know, you look at just simple day to day, how long it takes a fucking tree to grow. Yeah. Like, Um, so anyways, there's lots of evidence all around us that says this doesn't match up with whatever, whatever cartoon. Oh, they didn't, I guess the Bible didn't have, have drawings in it. Maybe the old ones did, but whatever, whatever graphic novel they were reading at the time, um, doesn't match up with like geologic time. And I think that's what Bill and I was talking about. So how old is the earth? Uh, it's 4.6 billion years old. Nice. But, 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 but billion. Yeah. Like, right. Like you can't. What? It's so old. Well, that's like, you know how dinosaurs, how long dinosaurs have been gone? Yeah. 60 million, 65 million years. Yeah. I mean, that's. No, they're not all gone. We got turtles. That's and true. Crocodiles. And they just found that fish. They found some like fish they thought has been extinct for. The fossil fish? Yeah. No. It, they always find us. Oh, a uh, sea canth. I don't know. I didn't read yeah, that. I, I just saw the headline. <laughs> Are you worried about religion? <laughs> yeah, it should go away. <laughs> what if? What? But what if? What if the Bible is? What if? There, what if it was supposed to be allegorical? And people, <laughs> some people just take it wrong. Oh well, it was almost certainly supposed to be allegorical. <laughs> well, don't you think a lot of some religions don't take it for? Word for word? I'm sure some of them don't. We only usually hear about the ones that, that do, though. Yeah, I just think, I feel like you're saying religion is is in direct conflict with geology. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to be careful about this. <laughs> so, 
So there are people in my industry that have tried to rectify this discrepancy. Okay. And it all comes down to your interpretation of time. So they, it is, it has been the rules to make it, make it fit their narrative. But, um, so I took a philosophy of religion class many, many years ago. As I'm one sure of my, your teacher loved you. One of my credits. He was a 90 year old, uh, bag of flour, bag of flour, Catholic, <laughs> yeah, Catholic priest. But I mean, he had his wits about him, but so what he talked about was like, uh, I, 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 don't, I, I went to Catholic school, but I didn't pay attention. Uh, sure. How many days did I went it take? To home school, I didn't pay attention. So. How many days did it take to create the earth? Like seven? Yeah. Uh, so like he, his, what he was saying was like, well, it doesn't say how long those days are. <laughs> and I was like, well, well, I'm pretty sure a day is like, you know, justified by when the sun comes up and when the sun goes down. He was like, well, back then there was no sun yet. He's like, a day could have lasted billions of years. Uh-huh. I was like, well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> so that's totally pl- – I mean, you know, it's a great argument. You could use that because he's actually admitting that, like, that type of deep time exists. You just can't – even God couldn't fathom it back then, right? Well – And then finally he was like, a day, like, would be great if it was 24 hours. It's not that plausible because they know, like, we can still see the cosmic background of the, you know, the Big Bang. We can still see, like, the light expanding still. And the only reason we know the universe is infinite or we think it's infinite is because each day it moves further. Like, what? one day it could just stop moving. Like, oh, we didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, of all the branches of science, it's like always the geologists who are fighting with the when it really should be every branch of science, but... Right, so they pick on the geologists because we're the ones that came up with the geologic time scale. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Sorry, I should have mentioned that earlier. No, I just, I should have thought of that. That makes sense. Yeah. So the, one of the like one of the main purposes of geology is to study the Earth and figure out when like you know these events that these events that have, like shape the world we live in now, like the time scales they took place on, and like how to how to figure those out. So okay. Actually, my advisor at uh, one of my one of my advisors at KU, uh, he was the one that has like made the geologic time scale. Oh shit! Really? His name's like on the bottom of it. Yeah, I didn't find that out until after I was already working with him, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's pretty good." <laughs> That's really interesting. You should have uh, had him on the show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So. Uh, my other, I, I, so we got we got like twenty minutes left, but I, I have another question that's going to sound very like a joke, but it's not a joke. I think about it all the time because I'll tell you why I think about it all the time. If you were to go to a a concert area or a, any area where humans gathered, but they've gathered there over the decades for you know since one AD or as Jesus call it six hundred billion or what, you know whatever, they're like. Early man has been there, and then it went all the way up to, to, to today, and it was a it was a concert venue or a market or whatever. Could is there enough time in between those to go? Like, could I go down and be like, okay, here is, I found a Nickelback CD. This is early two thousands, and then go down a little more and be like, oh, here's an Alanis Morissette CD. Not just music, but, and then you could go down to like, oh, here's some eighties stuff. Here's some seventies stuff, because plastic lasts forever. You go further and it'd be like, oh, here's some clay pots where they when they were listening to 
man beats wall. <laughs> well, here's, does it work like that? Or does it, you need more time for things? That's an interesting way of thinking about time, right? We think that like Nickelback was so long ago and we wish it never happened. Well, but, or yeah. And, but we, but we have these, you know, these, yeah, we find these things that remind us of these horrible times in our life. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I bet if you went out, okay, so, I know all of all of our listeners are, are, are Midwestern folk or are originally Midwestern folk. So I bet if you go out to Sandstone and you start you start digging a hole in the lawn seats, <laughs> like you'll you'll probably find some interesting stuff. Condom, condom, condom. Yeah. <laughs> Eighties condom. Yeah. Um like they're all in open though. Because like, you know, you would go from vapes to like just strictly then parliaments. Uh, <laughs> And then you would probably find like, you know, reds, Marlboro reds. And then you would know that like you're like, oh, this was this was probably like, you know, early 90s Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Show. Smash Mouth. Yeah. So the reason I'm asking about that is when robots find our planet in millions of years, they'll see a, a layer where plastic is introduced. And it'll be like a millimeter thick, you know, within a huge crater and be like, oh, the, the plastic era. Yes. So but I wonder now. If you were to dig through now, if it, if you could do that, go through the decades, kind of. So actually, there is a, an entire group of scientists working on how to delineate this most recent date, and the this most recent timeline you, that you don't know you're talking about is actually called the Anthropocene. Oh, so that's, that's just another. It, that, that's basically the, t the 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 time in geologic history that marks like in order to have like a uniform time, you have to have an impact that is global. So like okay. a Nickelback CD that that's only going to impact for the most part Canada and um, parts of my bedroom of your youth. <laughs> uh, God, people listen to bad music. Um, but. <laughs> But not necessarily, you know, you'll find bootleg Nickelbacks like maybe in China. Um, but like, is it, was that a global affair? I, I don't know. But but what a they're, what they're talking about is a global marker now is nuclear radiation. Mm. So post World War II, when we did all this nuclear testing, um, you know, all of that actual radioactive fallout is accumulating in the in the ground. And so, like, if you take enough what are called cores where you, you know, drill through, pull out, pull out some earth and then uh, do some testing on it. Uh, you'll actually see this irradiated area and that's around 1950. So that's kind of the accepted date for when humans entirely in, like have yeah. a global impact. You know, geology is really interesting because it's taking to me all my favorite subjects. <laughs> they knew to stop testing the, they knew to quit with the radiate with the, nuclear bombs they knew when they tested the first one because they were looking at each other and because of the like the <laughs> things that came off the blast they could they see saw each other like x-rays for a second yeah that's insane like, okay we gotta stop if i if i saw my friend's bones i'd be like this is we enough i, I would I'd be like hey sir i know this is a big deal for you i saw my buddy's bones through his skin we gotta stop this I, I, why would they keep going well, you're talking about something rational, and we don't live in a in a rational society. You, but they wouldn't know. You would see your friend's bones. You wouldn't be thinking rationally. You'd be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, but imagine like you know, 
for some reason, all I could think of was like Bill and Ted, and they'd be like, "Whoa, that was awesome, dude!" <laughs> and like, that's what those guys, you know, that's what I they just kept doing. We should have stopped there. It, even if you didn't believe the guy who told you that, you would like do the math and like do the, you know, do the chemistry, whatever, and be like, "Oh yeah, oh we, they definitely could have seen each other's bones." We we gotta stop doing this. I just think I just I always think about that. It'd be so horrifying. It'd be like, anyways, back to geology. So. But I'm well. Okay, here's another part of my question. You took it in a different place, which was great. Sorry. No, no, that was good. I was. We were, I'm glad we got there. But um, a lot of podcasts are based on digs, and oh, we found these things here. And <laughs> when you're hanging out on it, let's say you're hanging out at sandstone, aren't you kind of eroded? Isn't the land and stuff getting eroded and things? With how does it build up? So every time you go to to to, to sandstone and get lawn seats, like what happens to that lawn? Like it is just trampled. It's right? covered in pee <laughs> and vomit. Right. It's like the ammonia levels are off the charts. <laughs> like who knows? Like what other diseases are in that grass? But we'll go back to the we'll go back to the nineties era. You know, like let's say we were at Horde Fest and the Almond Brothers were were the headliners. It was a great show. That was such a great show. But like that, whatever joint you dropped, and we're like, oh, it's the last one, and like you know, then like. People were dancing and they smash it into the ground. Uh, so like that whole place is compacted, right? Uh-huh. Like the, all that lawn is compacted. And so the next day they vacuum up what they can, they rake up what they can, but there is stuff in that, in that mass that's not coming out. Well, then the grass grows and then they cut it. And then oh, okay. those little pieces of grass degrade and turn into dirt. And it's this slow, slow cycle where it like keeps building up. Now, that said, I'm sure they've resotted that place and like maybe yeah, right. ex- exhumed some of the those those horde fest joints. But what I'm getting at is is like if they weren't to if, if they don't resod it and they just come back and like water it, fertilize it, and let it keep growing, you're it's going to keep uh, it's going to keep getting thicker and thicker. Okay, and if there's no like other like wind erosion or water erosion or if your grass is growing back faster than the water can erode the particles, then you will, you will have a positive feedback loop and it will just like keep, keep compiling and then trapping condoms, joints, nickelback CDs, etc. A good time. You call that era a good time. When you're looking <laughs> at the- yeah. Cause like, that's right. Cause y'all just going to be like this was these people were having a good fucking time. You're like, here, here's deep time from this. Here's deep time. And here's, here's good time. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that might be a bumper sticker <laughs> i've got through all my questions i'm shocked hey I'm sometimes shocked. podcasts need to be short well i think an hour of geological podcast to a lot of people is going to seem long yeah it's gonna no, be just, like, yeah, way just, too much it's deep time no this has been great do you uh, is there anything that you wanted to touch on that we haven't gotten to yeah we didn't talk about oh ridley scott ruining uh prometheus Okay. <laughs> All right. I know you don't want to talk about this. No, no, I, I, no, I have a lot of feelings about Prometheus. But, anyways, what, why did he ruin it? You tell me. Well, okay. So for those out there that haven't seen Prometheus, I actually started at the beginning of the trilogy of the uh, franchise. I'm just what? kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. It's <laughs> so Prometheus, it's in the Alien universe. Uh, a Ridley Scott movie. It's basically a prequel, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the name of that company 
Wayland Industries. Wayland Industries, yes. So the Waylands send a team to go, you know, explore the. Uh, they got they like they deciphered a map like in a cave in Scotland <laughs> or some shit, and they were like, "Go to this part of the the, the universe of the galaxy, and uh, you'll find some cool stuff there." So they go there, and you know, who do they have? They've got a couple archaeologists. They've got a biologist, geologist. Um, and then, you know, lots of guys with guns. Yeah. Um, but, uh, long story short, they land, they find this obviously, uh, man-made or sentient being made structure. They all decide they're like, we better go in there right now. We just got here. Like, why would we check the place out? Let's just go. But the geologist character, he has these two orbs. Cause it's like, I think it's the year, like. It was like 2077 or 2100, which I don't know. I don't we're know. not going to get there by then. Like we're, we're yeah. way behind pace. Anyways, he has these uh, orbs that uh, basically they just, they're like little mini drones and he sends them throughout the structure to map it. Like they've got yeah. like laser arrays, like it's all 3d mapped, blah, blah, blah. And then he's got this little comm link on his wrist where he can like pull up the map, you know? So he knows yeah. where he is all the fucking time. But what happens to him? He gets lost and attacked by like an alien, like, and not just like an alien, like a little worm. And like, and his biologist buddy, who's a, a biologist, like <laughs> he's supposed to know what a dangerous animal looks like or how to handle animals. He's talking to this thing. Like it's a, like a gerbil and then it breaks his arm, goes in his suit, kills him. But like to as soon like that happened early in the movie, like first 20 minutes. I, I was like, I was like, the geologist would never get lost. Like, yeah. Never. Yeah. Especially with a digital map on his arm. That's true. <sighs> Sorry. That's not the point I thought you're gonna bring up, but yeah, that was that's a good one. That's an obvious one. We're we spend weeks learning how to to like get lost in the woods and then find our way out. Weeks. Yeah. We look at maps like for a living. No yeah. one no one had the right clientele on hand to tell them that that was like a huge, huge pothole. Well, the mission was a total failure. I think everyone would <laughs> I think everybody was sad. I mean, that was the prequel to a long list of horrible things that happened. So Charlie Theron's character. I don't know if you remember how she perished, but uh, okay. Imagine a hula hoop. I always do. Like a hula hoop, which is the spaceship. And like Charlie Theron is an ant and she's running and the hula hoop is on end rolling towards her instead of running to the left or to the right, which is like, the, the shortest path you can travel to get out of the way. Yeah. Decides to run straight, <laughs> like along the curvature of the hula hoop, and, <laughs> and it just smashes her. Like, yeah. That's what I, I, I should have wrote a letter. Well, I think that I think he knew that. I think he was like, you know what? Humans are idiots. Here's how a bunch of idiot humans go out there and <laughs> ruin everything. That's true. If you have problems with physics or things like that in the mo- in movies, you should watch this pretty sound franchise. They like really go into depth about explaining how things work. And it's um, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> no, sorry. I, yeah, I had to get Prometheus out of my system. No, that's great. That was really good. I'm sure everyone's going to rush and go see it and verify what I'm saying. They're going to be like, Prometheus? Because no one really saw that movie. <laughs> no. It did bad. Anyways, I do have one, a few more questions. So... If someone wants to get into geology, what? Because you kind of got into it later, but 
if you could tell people how to get on that path early, what would you say? Well, it's good. It's tough because they don't offer a lot of classes, uh, at a younger age until like you get into college. But, um, I would say reach out to whatever, like, well, no, I, I, it's, it's so funny. I, I don't have a good example because geology is like a secret and like, you don't find most of it. Geologists didn't, didn't find out about it until later in their life. So like, I, I would say like, if you have any interest in the outdoors, like just follow that to, to an, to like, to the excess because you will eventually be like run into something geologic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I've done a couple of like, you know, boy scout badges where like I've done a geo class and like, that's kind of like piqued some kids interests. But, um, uh, as far as like our education system goes, there's not a lot of focus on like the earth sciences. So, um, I think if you know anyone that has a kid that like is interested in it, like it's your duty yeah, <laughs> like, to point them in the right direction because it honestly changes the way you think. Um, if you, when you're able to understand just how a snow drift works, it'll, it blows your mind. Geology teaches you how to think critically, like yeah. just about processes in general. And like, even like you can relate it to all sorts of stuff, you know, like, <laughs> Like a dog eating poop and then puking that poop out and like you having to clean it up. You're like, oh, wow. Like, how did I determine that what he threw up was actually something else's excrement? It's like you, you need that critical thinking. That to like, sounds like I think we hit it. I think that's how you get kids. Because, <laughs> you know, Molly's like, what is that? I'm like, you don't know. You're like, this is how I know. Yeah. Here's yeah. the sample I've used put in the microwave. It's like if you look at the layers, you're like, that's dog food. And you're like, that is definitely not, not dog food and it smells worse. And it smells worse. <laughs> that's, that's dog food. That's twice baked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those, it's like those Schwann's potatoes you put in the microwave. Okay. Lightning, this is the lightning fast thing. I have a few observations. I kind of want your reactions on. Okay. Are there many women geologists? There, there, yeah, I see more and more every year. Some of the best geologists I work with are female. I mean, like when I went to college, that was like 10 years ago. Uh, I was still like 10 years older than everybody. But like, obviously, it was it was more like 70, 70, 30 guys to girls back then. Oh, that's better than I thought. Yeah. But uh, like it, just in my work environment, it's probably closer to like 60, 40, 50, 50 in some departments. Okay. My other thing is. What do you think about this? They're getting better at like RNA and DNA and figuring all that stuff out. They finally finished the human genome and things like that. Eventually, you'll be able to clone things from a cell. So could people just go out in the woods, scoop up a bunch of earth and clone a bunch of DNA to make, to get, and we get like older people? Or does DNA like totally rot away? Like, I'm not a, a DNA or RNA expert, but I know it doesn't live like that just out in the environment. What if it's a Jurassic Park type thing where... Right, like you'd have to find some preserved cell, and I, I, <laughs> I just think they'll be able to just like scoop dirt and be like, okay, we've sorted out, and be like, all right, we have some bones here from the colonials. Let's see what they were like. I'm definitely not qualified to answer this, but it's really interesting, and I think they're going to actually end up doing it with like um, ice age animals, like that stuff's preserved like amazingly, and okay. um, that's this my that leads into my final question. Or actually, it's a question, but also, um, I know that I was reading that a lot of job, like, and you said, you know, as we, like, when this new electric Ford truck comes out and things like that, we move away from using 
gas as much and oil and things like that. You might lose geological jobs, but I also think the earth will be melting so much by then. There's going to be all these new things. To, there's a whole new frontier of geology, I think. What do you think about that? <laughs> a, a change to electric cars will it will exacerbate the situation a little bit uh, in regards to like the oil and gas industry, like kind of needing less geologists. But um, yeah, at first, at but first, also, who fights a lot of those you know studies and research, and it's all related to the industry. So I feel like once they lose a little influence and power, I think we might turn to using geology for good. Well, okay. Oh, I'll, I'll try and we can end with this. So working at one of these companies has made me realize the main driver behind their decisions is, is, is capital. It's money, right? Yeah. And that's a no brainer. But the interesting like flip side of the coin to that is that we're at the mercy of people that want to invest in us. So we need people with lots of money to give us their money so that we can go waste that money. Right. <laughs> so, and what we have found out in the last year, year and a half is that these people are sick of giving us their money because they're not getting their money back. Yeah. So they basically said, we're never going to give you any more money unless you start investing in other types of energy. Yeah. So there is a capitalistic wave that is uh, environmentally friendly that's like starting to form. So like they're starting to tell all of the oil and gas companies that you're not going to get any investor dollars unless you start, you know, changing the base of your operations. So it's going to take time. It's going to take decades, but it's, it's, it's going to start moving in that direction because it's, <laughs> it's not necessarily the right thing to do, but it's the right thing to do from an investor's perspective because they're, they, they want to all save face and say that they're investing in quote unquote green technologies. Now, like you could devote a whole other podcast to what a green technology is, because electric cars, wind farms, they all got they all got their own levels of bullshit that uh, you really got to dive into to understand, like how they work, because we have not come up with a foolproof green technology. yet. That's why oil and gas will be around for a long time, because we need it to sustain this ridiculous capitalist uh, materialistic machine that we currently live in. Man, you know what? Yeah, that really. <laughs> I I was on a high note. I was always I was thinking at the beginning of that. I was like, I was gonna say Tyson. That's the most optimistic I've ever heard you. And then you just kind of. <laughs> Remember, you didn't walk it back. You just took it into a new pessimism. But well, I, I think in deep time, so none of this yeah. matters. How how does how's <laughs> you think in pepper plant time? <laughs> it's dry. Well, I only think in the good time. Okay, Tyson, that was that was really fun for me. I think, uh, like you said, I think we all should live in the good time, but uh, be cognizant of the deep time. Okay, there's another bumper sticker. <laughs> Less fun than mine, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tyson, thank you so much for being the first guest on this new season. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to talk to you again. Sometime in the deep. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you.